0: Holy oh, fuck, it's June. We're a month away from our Yeah, and show. it's still
1: like 12 degrees outside.
2: Hey guys, welcome to Modified Lifestyle. I'm your host, Andrew. And this is Raja Segu. And today, we are going to be talking to our special guest. But before we get to that... We have an interesting news story for you guys today.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Ferrari SF90 Stradale. So this is a new Ferrari that was actually introduced. So what's really special about this car is that it's a V8, obviously. Uh, comes with the tur- turbocharger, but it's also hybrid. So it can- comes with three electric motors, which are also independent to the front axle.
2: Yeah, so this is Ferrari's first ever plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, and it's reportedly the fastest street-legal Ferrari that ever existed.
0: Well, as, as we're looking at it, um, it looks pretty cool. It looks like a Ferrari. It has around 769 horsepower, um, around 217 horsepower extra with the three electric motors, which is almost a 1,000 horsepower.
2: Yeah, just over 900 horsepower from the turbocharged V8 and these three electric motors. According to Ferrari, this car accelerates to 62 miles per hour in about 2.5 seconds. And it reaches a top speed of 211 miles per hour. That's insane. Yeah, it's a pretty fast car. Still not as fast as the Tesla, but it's Ferrari's first uh, hybrid. Or plug-in hybrid, I should say.
0: Yeah. Can I just say something? When will they learn that they should just go full electric? Like, I know, I, I like I like patrol cars as well but why don't they just give up on it and just go all electric like Tesla's doing really well with their technology if they just went all out and gave up you know their whole like patrol head theory around it they just you know they would be doing some crazy shit around the community
2: oh yeah I think Porsche's doing that
0: yeah Porsche is doing that and I mean everyone's kind of making the transition at the end of the day whoever doesn't do it they're going to be left in the dust Yeah, it can be seen with Ford and GM. They start, they stop uh, producing a lot of their vehicles. It's, It's not because, you know, their cars aren't good or anything, you know, and they just haven't innovated enough like Tesla has, you know. So they're kind of stuck in the past and they're just not creating anything unique that will actually sell in this market.
2: Yeah, I think that's what sets Tesla apart from like all the other manufacturers out there. Mm-hmm. They're definitely doing something different in terms of electric cars and even you know these other manufacturers that are creating electric cars, they're not really up to standards as Tesla's doing. They don't have as much technology mm-hmm. and all that stuff that Tesla has.
0: Yeah, like hybrids is good, but again, like for the s- same amount of money, someone will pay more for an electric car because it's quote-unquote saving the environment. But in terms of like
2: sports cars and supercars, mm-hmm. I think that market is going to go the same way as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um,
2: like there's the Tesla Roadster that's, I think it's going to come out next year. And that's like, I think that's the second generation of the Tesla Roadster and that's their highest end sports car, you could say. Right. Even and, It's not quite supercar level, but it is a sports car Right. and it is very fast.
0: Yeah. Um. I think Tesla is good at one thing, at marketing. They really market their cars well, and every single model that comes out, they hype it up a lot, right? Like, let's be honest. How much have we heard of this Ferrari online? Yeah, not much. Right? It's like, cool, Ferrari made another sports car that, you know, doesn't this much horsepower. But, hey, Tesla's making this electric car, right? Yeah,
2: I think it's a community, too. They have a really good community around them. And it's because it's electric, too. You know, a lot of the stuff they're doing is a first in the car manufacturing,
0: I mm-hmm. also think that it's all like the hybrid setup that they've currently choosing to has been done before, right? Yeah, and the name the SF
2: ninety Stradale comes from their ninety year anniversary in racing, so this kind of represents you know all the innovations that Ferrari's done over the ninety years mm-hmm. in racing as well as street cars, right? And this car it kind of merges both of those lifestyles into one street car with the performance and the reliability i guess you could say in the car
0: Mm -hmm. i I think that's what brings or that's what kind of makes ferrari unique but again like we're we're in we're in almost the year 2020 where like you know manufacturers are bringing out electric vehicles so i think ferrari used to leave their you know patrol cars behind and i think they need to really do a full out electric configuration otherwise they're going to be left in the dust i'm sorry so also in this article it kind of it says that uh the hybrid system that adds around 200 horsepower it also adds about 595 pounds to the actual car
2: so i guess this is why some sports car manufacturers are kind of shine away from creating hybrids you know definitely if you're driving a sports car you want maximum performance right. on every level and at add, this added weight can really impact the mm-hmm. performance you get from a car especially if you know you're tracking the car or you're really going for maximum performance
0: mm-hmm. people over here are chopping off like you know parts of the cars like ferrari's adding weight it's actually
2: yeah it kind of seems backwards in terms of uh, yeah, sports cars yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely but even with the added weight, I think Ferrari is stepping in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to see a fully electric car from Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I think they have a good brand and a good um, history right. in order to develop such a car that can compete with something like the Tesla.
0: Definitely. We're actually gonna move on to our special guest. Today we have here with us
1: Ruben. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ruben. <laughs> What's up, Ruben? How you doing? I'm good. I'm exhausted. So,
0: for anyone that doesn't know you, that listens to our podcast, why don't you tell them about yourself and what cars you own, blah blah. blah.
1: Okay, so um, I'm Ruben. I'm 19 years old. I joined Northside Whips in 2018, uh, January January of 2018. Emoji. Yeah, and. <laughs> um, I had a Toyota Celica when I first joined. That was my first car that I bought by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a GT and the 2002. And then I my second car was a 2000, 2000 Toyota Celica GTS. Mm-hmm. And I sold that yesterday. <laughs> oh, <that's tough. laughs> um and I bought a 98 Boxster, oh, Porsche Boxster. It's exciting. That's Porsche. Yeah, it's pretty Luxurious, mm-hmm. definitely something different from the. Yeah, Sega. it's a, it's a big change, but yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see.
0: So, what kind of push you to go to sell a Toyota and go to an actual like Euro iconic vehicle? You know.
1: So I'm not a European car person. I'm actually very JD, JDM, Japanese uh, mm-hmm. oriented. I like those cars. Right. I like um, the performance, and I like uh, how easy they are to work on and the modif modifications that you can do to them. And I just like, um, that whole culture of cars and stuff like that. Um, but Porsche as a brand, I feel is very, uh, different. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was kind of influenced by my uncle who's Mm -hmm. owned Porsches for a long time. I grew up with him having a Boxster, um, And I just remember always seeing it. And my uncle's house actually, well, not his house, but his garage is decorated with murals of uh, Porsche advertisements. Mm. Um, And it's just very, I remember standing in the garage and it's very dreamy and very interesting to see this sort of brand and how someone embraces this brand. And Mm -hmm. I kind of tried to do that with Toyota Mm -hmm. and I was trying to be very brand loyal But um, at the end of the day, I really think that Porsche uh, is very performance oriented and stuff like that. And that's what I'm looking for. So it's kind of hard to be loyal to a brand that is focusing on the economy versus the driver enjoyment. So that's why I kind of just wanted to try something that's a genuine sports car uh, this time. So you talk about performance of the Porsche
2: Mm -hmm. compared to the Celica. Would you say the Celica didn't perform as well as the Boxer does?
1: So the thing with the Celica was um, it was a quick car. The GTS was. The GT was kind of on the slower side. It was a little underpowered, but uh, it's a really light car. So um, it had 180 horsepower with a six-speed manual and close ratios, and it revved all the way to 8,400. Um, it was quick. It was quick. It did zero to hundred in around six and a half seconds. The thing with the Toyota was that it was very aggressive and you really had to beat on the car to get stuff out of it. And, um, it's not really my thing. You know what I mean? I don't like to drive the car very hard and, uh, the Porsche is kind of more, Laid back in the way it does things and it it doesn't rev as high. It has the power down in the Mm -hmm. low RPMs as well. It has torque, which is something my Toyota Celica never had. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as performance, like the acceleration times, if you're comparing them solely together, the Porsche and the Celica are probably very within speed. a half a second of each mm-hmm. other i'd say
0: but it's also mid-engine right so yes so, so yeah. the weight distribution is obviously so much better yeah you know. so
1: the boxster actually has full 50 50 weight uh distribution with a driver inside the car
0: oh, okay so.
2: mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting and it's also rear-wheel drive right? it's compared rear-wheel drive, to the yeah. front-wheel drive yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. so yeah. how's
1: that Does, do you feel like that Kind of adds to the experience as well? Um, If I was taking it to a racetrack, yes. As far as just driving it around normally, it It doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't really make a difference, no. Uh, Front wheel drive is actually uh, better, in my opinion, because it's easier to handle and it's safer. Um, And you can drive a front wheel drive car harder than you can uh, a rear wheel drive car within. A safety level. If you're looking Mm -hmm. at it that, so I'm not worried about um, giving a front-wheel drive car gas in a corner because Mm -hmm. I know that it's going to resort to understeer versus oversteer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like, as far as for a teenager, (laughs) I'm only 19, so Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm a little bit reckless. So I, it's it's safer to have a front-wheel drive car. Yeah, that's Um, definitely for sure. Yeah, and and the Celica was was a really good handling car it had double wishbone suspension in the back
0: mm-hmm. uh, it, te- it definitely takes some time to get used to the wheel drive system
1: yes yeah, yeah. it does mm-hmm. um and i don't think i'm i'm not a very ag- aggressive driver like mm-hmm. i said like I, the seleca needed to be it on and i didn't really uh always want to beat on it you know what i mean i just i do like to lay back and and cruise sometimes i'm not always looking to hit that 8400 rpm right. red line so yeah. uh yeah Both very different cars, very, very different cars. Um, And I can't say one is better than the other because the Toyota does a lot of things that the Porsche will never do. And the Porsche does a lot of things that the Toyota will never do. And Mm -hmm. they're both special in their own way. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on your taste. I think that there are a lot of people that may take the Toyota over the Porsche Mm -hmm. and a lot of people likewise.
2: So what made you like kind of shy away from the JDM?
1: I think that the, like I said, the, the aggressiveness of that car and the driving experience, it's a very hard riding car. The suspension's really stiff. Mm -hmm. Um, the interior is really, really cockpit style. So when you sit in it, you sit very low, uh, the dashboard wraps around you, the steering wheels placed right in your hands and, um, it's, but it's very plasticky and it's very cheap feeling and -hmm. everything seems to rattle and, uh you know, you, you hit bumps in the car and it just shakes the whole car because it's right. got such a stiff, sporty style suspension. And it's like, it's really mm-hmm. good if you want to take it to the track. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, as far as a daily car, if you are driving to work, and like I remember I would drive home from work at 11.30 and I'm tired and it was just really uncomfortable. Right. But oh, on yeah. those weekend drives where I was revving it out and i was having fun with it and i was focusing on my drive and not focusing where i was going Mm -hmm. that's when it really shined that car so um (laughs) we're gonna try out the porsche now it's different i mean uh it's a convertible so i always wanted a convertible and there were some japanese cars that came in convertible that i was thinking about but uh i think the porsche was just a better car overall so
2: yeah i think the the porsche definitely suits you as well oh (laughs) Like the, the, Celica, <laughs> the, the Celica, was, it was like a perfect match. You know, like you really like your titles. Yeah,
1: I think that I was so comfortable with the Silica. Like, it just yeah, everything yeah. was just right. The seat was the right size for me. It felt so comfortable to drive. Yeah. The sight lines, the way it handled. I knew that car inside and out. You know what I mean? It was such a predictable car. Yeah. Um. And I hope the Porsche is going to be like that too. I'm not used to it, but. Uh, you
0: get used to it. Yeah, I should. Yeah. I should get used to it. I
1: hope it gives me that that uh, that feeling of it's made for me. You know yeah. what I mean. And you
2: definitely have like some history, like you said. Your uncle has a Porsche yes, as well, yeah. Boxer.
1: I knew what the car drove like because I drove my uncle's mm-hmm. before uh, I got into this one. I drove it over a year ago now, but uh, I remember driving it, and that stuck with me mm-hmm. that drive. And I drove it with the the top up. Oh, okay,
2: so yeah, it's a different experience. So it's,
1: now. it's even better with the top down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's it's nice with the top down and the engine behind you. You really hear it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's exciting.
0: <laughs> so yeah, being a, a like a you know a very dedicated Toyota enthusiast, what do you actually think about the new Supra that just came out?
1: Well. So the new Supra, um, I like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it at first and I'll admit it, but it grew on me like it did for a lot of people. Um, I liked, uh, the interior is quite nice. It, it, it's very not, um, Toyota. Yes. It's very not Toyota. It doesn't, it doesn't look like the old supra i know a lot of uh sports cars when they design new sports cars they kind of try to give heritage to the history of the car
0: they still have that little characteristic in them yes yeah yeah.
1: and i feel that the new uh supra didn't really do that i mean in a way should it have done that i don't i don't know i i'm not one to say (laughs) but uh it's it's nice it's a nice interior Mm -hmm. um it's uh, BMW makes really nice interior interiors in general. Right. So I think that uh, it looks I Think cool.
0: I was watching a video the other day of Doug Demiro, mm-hmm. and he was comparing the Toyota to a Z4 mm-hmm. and literally the only thing that was different were the badges.
1: What's yeah. your take on that? I think that's what a lot of people are like yeah. talking about these
2: days as well.
0: Yeah,
1: but you know what, this isn't really anything new. Uh rebadging is like Dates back to when cars were first becoming mm-hmm. cars. You know what I mean? Nineteen right. like hundreds. Um, there was a lot of like the, the Subaru BRZ, the Scion FRS. That that's rebadging. Um, Chevy used to do that a lot. The Pontiac vibe, Toyota Matrix. That was rebadging. Mm-hmm. Um, but like
0: this is a completely different car, right? The BMW Z4 and the Toyota Supra. Right? Yeah, it's like kind yes, of, yeah. Like, they're in no way partnered with each other, but they still kind of chose to build on a platform right
1: yeah i'm i'm surprised that um they went with the z4 Mm -hmm. Uh, i guess uh when they were doing it they they may have came up with the idea you know okay so the z4 is due for a redesign you know uh all the other guys like the audi tt porsche boxer had already been redesigned Mm -hmm. so you know of Mm -hmm. course the z4 needs to compete right? right so um I think they saw that when maybe when they had that partnership with in development with Toyota, Mm -hmm. they saw it as an opportunity to uh, also do the redesign because, in a way, they're kind of saving money that way, right? They're building two cars for the price of one. For the the price price of one, one, yeah. Yeah.
0: I also think it's built in. German. Not German. Uh, I
1: think it's built in Austria.
0: Austria. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So like yeah, it's, it's built it's, in the, almost the same plant as the Z4. Team. Actually, yes. I think it's in the same
2: plant. It is plant. in the same plant. It's yeah, it. not G4. a Japanese car. Yeah, not at, at all. I think
1: that, that's like the main issue that people have with this car. I think I think there's a lot of um heritage behind the super name mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh hardcore enthusiasts <laughs> that it's the same with the Porsche 911. When they change something on the nine eleven, that's been the same way for so long. Mm-hmm. It they take offense to it and they right. don't like yeah, it, and everybody yeah. comes raining down with their pitchforks and just wants to, you know, attack the company because they've changed something mm-hmm. that's supposed to be. So you know, the it's same, not supposed yeah. to be, but it's always been that way. Yeah, you know it's always I mean? been
0: that way. They're yeah. kind of scared of change
1: yes like uh, for example the 911 uh, always had hydraulic steering as soon right. as it went to electronic power steering everyone got mad about it mm-hmm. all the Porsche enthusiasts went crazy mm-hmm. and that's what's happening with Toyota right now so all the people you know the 2jz the the Toyota being built in a Toyota factory first of all being mm-hmm. Japanese all those things um, they're not happy with it being BMW. They didn't want it to be a European car. It doesn't matter if the car is right. amazing. It's it's just... It's not Japanese. That's what it is. No, it's not Japanese. It's not a Japanese and car.
0: I think the main reason why Toyota even went with it was because they've kind of, and you know, as a company, have moved away from sports division altogether. I know there's TRD and stuff, right? Yes, yeah. But the whole concept of having a dedicated
1: race car... Had like
0: they haven't done it since like what 98,
1: right? Uh, the last year that Toyota made mm-hmm. performance cars was oh right. six. So they had the Celica, that's when the year the Celica went out, right? The um Matrix XRS and the Corolla XRS, those three cars had the Yamaha engine in it, yeah, uh, Toyota Yamaha pairing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that died, that was kind of the end of their sports car. Yeah, uh, line and, and they've they,
0: kind of focused on building family cars, stuff yes, like that, yeah, because that's that, what sells, right? right so right.
1: that's where they make the why should they focus on making sports cars if they don't sell, especially if the economy is so crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, they need to build something that people are gonna buy because that's what they're gonna make their money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the reason why they
0: introduced Scion was so that they would you know capture the younger audience, yeah, and that right? was a
1: very horrible failure, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> yeah, that didn't work for them, but uh.
2: Yeah, I think like even the like the Sign FRS, yeah. the GT eighty six, you know, it is a performance car, but once again, it's not really a Toyota performance car. Right? No, it's a, it's a right. Subaru, and
1: yeah. um, I think the thing with the FRS is that it's even though it is a Subaru, people aren't as angry about it because Subaru also makes really good uh, cars. Cars, yeah, <laughs> they're reliable as well. Yes, and um, mm-hmm. Japanese and and Toyota and Subaru. They're partnered. yeah. So,
0: I think the whole concept around it was that you know, Subaru made pretty good engines, yes, and the rear wheel drive configuration comes from the GT or the A86 back in yes, the day, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I think that that pairing, I think that's why people mm-hmm. accepted it more. This yeah. pairing, you know, it they've with BMW and Toyota, it's mm-hmm. like opposite ends of the exactly, spectrum, exactly, right? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and I also think that, um, with the FRS. Mm -hmm. that was a new nameplate. Right. So it wasn't really looking back. I mean, it does, they do refer it and say, oh, you know, it traces its history back to the AE86 and the Corolla FX60 and all those old Toyota sports cars. But it was a new nameplate, so it was a fresh start. And it didn't have a reputation that it needed to live up to. Mm -hmm. But when you're taking this sports car that they're making now, the Supra, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a name that has a reputation that has to be lived up to, right? right? So when you're doing that, that's why everyone's getting so angry because I'm I'm pretty sure Toyota could have called this car something else and it would have had a different reaction. I'm If that car had a, a name change, I'm sure it would have really made things different if it wasn't called the Supra. But they want to badge it as a Supra mm-hmm. because uh, that's what people have been asking yeah, for. Yeah, that's where really the hype like. is around, right? Yes, that's what that people car. wanted.
0: Yeah. I think they should have just called it a Z4.
1: A Toyota Z4. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. They could have c- come up with anything. I mean,
2: well, it came from the concept of the f one right? At yes.
1: The, yeah. At least the exterior design. The f one was gorgeous. Like yeah, when it, it came was. out, it was yeah. long, like, low, wide. It looked amazing. Yeah. You got right. A model. I
0: have I have an actual model because I, when it first came out, actually was really cool, and I actually wanted. Me, yes. Yeah. Right. But they kind of messed it up, like even styling wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's okay. It's not the greatest looking cars but the old supras they look even up to date now
1: yeah so for sure. yeah but you know what mm-hmm. car manufacturers make cars look so complicated nowadays right. i don't know if you've seen the honda civic type r but there's so oh, many yeah. fake. i absolutely love the honda civic type r it's a really nice cars. car right. it's so nice but there are, count how many fake vents are on that car just to give it this look of aggression right yeah. and if you look at the supra It's so the Mark Mark IV, the Mark III, all of them. They're just very simple. The lines are so simple. Clean lines. Yes. Simple design. And that's what makes a car last. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a timeless design. The most timeless designs in history are simple. Yeah, agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even
2: like the, the new Super as well, a lot of fake vents. oh yeah yeah i think especially compared to the ft1 Mm -hmm. a lot of it's a lot toned down from the ft1 but
0: i was actually watching an interview with the fake vents and apparently the reason why toyota actually did the fake vents is because they know that the aftermarket community is gonna make parts for this car yes yeah so yeah so that they're actually
1: able to build it i did the research on that too i heard a lot which is is smart but it's just kind of it also gives you that idea that Toyota could have done it in anywhere. By themselves. Yeah, exactly. They it could have done it by, it by themselves better, for but sure. They yeah.
0: didn't. Like if they even put a V six, to be honest, I wouldn't even be mad. If they put a Camry engine in it.
1: Well, you know, I, I Toyota has some really good engines. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. yeah. I don't know why they didn't invest money into the camry three and a half or something right. like that if they yeah. put that
0: engine in it i wouldn't even be mad to be honest yeah honestly i wouldn't be it would still be
1: out of heritage because it's a v and i think that um mm-hmm. a lot of people would still complain regardless people would gonna complain, are gonna regardless, complain. Regardless, yeah regardless yeah. yeah but um you know what overall my opinion on the, it's nice uh i hope that they do come out with the standard one uh Wait, it doesn't seem
0: like they will can Actually, you... I
1: think I've read somewhere that there is a standard
2: version of there? Out. I, I think you... they are working yeah. on one, yeah. Mm, at, at least it's not... an 8 speed right now, right?
0: Yeah, eight at, speed, at
2: yeah. least in North America, I think they're coming yeah. in auto i think other regions might come in maybe in japan
0: standard. they have
1: to they they will be i'm 100 percent sure they're going to be releasing a, a standard car and you know nissan didn't release a standard for the gtr but you have to think about it. that's like a one of the fastest accelerating cars ever and they mm-hmm. their main performance was what or focus was lap times but Toyota didn't go and make this a 500-horsepower supercar. It has, like, 15 more horsepower than the original Supra did. Yeah, so Super talk, Turbo.
2: Yeah, so let's talk about that. Like, I don't really understand how a lot of these JDM classics like the GTR or the Skyline GTR and the NSX have grown to become these supercars, and the Supra hasn't.
1: Like with the Mark IV? Yeah. Um. So I think the Mark IV... Okay, so the... the the thing with the Supra is that the, the king of the Supra lineup was the twin-turbo six-speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that is now going for, what, 70, 80 grand? Yeah. yeah. They're up there. It place. had 320 horsepower. Yeah. Uh, it was very highly modifiable. A lot of aftermarket Very stuff. easily modifiable, yeah. Yes. And it was that engine the 2J was really special because it could take so much power mm-hmm. um Keep the NS, the NSX was special because when the NSX came out it was the first car to have VTEC and it was a everyday Ferrari right yeah, yeah. cuz it was a Honda right yes and it and it wasn't it wasn't the price of a Honda either or sorry of a Ferrari for yeah. but like
0: like back in the day if if someone saw an NSX and they didn't know what they were looking at. They would most likely call it a Ferrari because you know the styling was. Yeah, it definitely like that. has that kind of feel. Right. Of right exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Skyline was. Uh, Godzilla. S- let's be honest. It's the R34 was was, was yeah. known for the technology. Exactly. It was So yeah, advanced. for its time, exactly. Yeah, it was really advanced. A lot of computer systems mm-hmm. in that car. Right. Uh, yeah, it's and,
0: unfortunate that they didn't bring the R, uh, the, R32, and on over here. Because I'm pretty sure everyone would have jumped on those. Like even now, people want to import them. They're you know they're here, right? Uh, so going back to the 2JZ compared to the the current engine, I think it's called the A50. I'm not too sure what's called. That's, I think that's what Toyota is calling it. Um, what do you think about the engine choice? Why like why do you think Toyota decided to go with the engine that it does
1: I honestly don't know I can't answer that question (laughs) because um, you know BMW has a really good aftermarket support they're very uh, good for tuning and stuff like that and I think that's what people want in the Supra so I think that by taking an engine that BMW can design and using their technology they can get that sort of aftermarket uh, support Mm -hmm that people want because you know these people are going to buy these cars and they're going to want to modify them because that's what they did with the Mark 4s the Mark 3s it's a a car that you buy to modify and to change things you know what I mean and you can tell that they they want people to modify it if they're integrating vents that don't work but that can be replaced with Yeah, I think they kind of
2: they kind of anticipate that Mm -hmm. from like the history of the Mark 4 Supra yes yeah
1: And and Toyota can actually make a lot of money off of that too, because they're going to, you know, make a car that can be improved upon, and then they can also sell parts. Yeah, to be put on there. I'm already hearing about a TRD version of the Super that will come out that uh, will have like uh, strut braces that can be added mm -hmm. or all kinds of things. You know,
0: like I think in general, I think Toyota is trying to focus on the racing aspect of his car
1: yeah i think i think that toyota is trying to um live up on the aspects that the mark that are expected of that kind of car you know mm-hmm. what i mean right. um that's why uh like like going back to the manual topic i think they're going to be coming out with the manual i just don't think they worked on it mm-hmm. uh th- th- yeah
0: but you would think that they, they would have been working on it since like how many years have mm-hmm. they been, you know, working on this, the Supra, right? Yes. So many yeah. years, but long they still time. wouldn't have factored in. Oh, maybe we should put a manual in this thing. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I think they're gonna have. They have to work on it because at the same time, uh, BMW really does focus on their automatics too. So I think that's why they they might have sent it out with yeah. an auto. Yeah, I first. think like
2: in terms of getting a standard transmission, it would require a lot more testing, a lot more development. Sure, yeah.
1: I mean, there's it's a basic thing. Standard transmissions are a basic formula, yeah. A, yeah but well, they're gonna have to develop it for that engine, ability. yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's it's, it's different. Know, BMW does auto, auto automatics, Automize. they do ZF automatics, and, right? Uh, yeah. I like it, I just don't like the automatic <laughs> shifter. I think it's a little, it just yeah, it looks yeah. like a little. I don't like model. that, I don't
2: like the, like the vents, the screen,
0: like. I don't understand one thing. Why don't they just do a Toyota interior?
1: Yeah. You know, Toyota interiors are really nice. Like, I sat in the new Camry uh, the other day, and it was gorgeous. My dad is going to be getting the new Rav 4, and the interior is really nice. Yeah, really nice interior. If there's anything I have to complain about the inside of that, aside from the shifter, it's just, like... The whole sports car had when, when the Mark IV had the interior that was angled towards, angled you, towards. oh, yeah, it, yeah. it was very driver oriented, right. it's kind it, of like it, a cockpit, yes, yeah. yeah, and it made it that cockpit feeling is really special, and you don't get that in a lot of cars, and I think they could have done that, yeah, yeah, but sure. uh, I feel like. For the Z4, they wouldn't want that in the Z4. So the reason why they did that is because they're basically taking one dashboard. They don't want to have to design two different dashboards, right? right? They just want to have the interchangeable parts between Toyota and uh, BMW. BMW. But the the main bulk of that dashboard has to be the same design. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Z4 drivers are looking for something different than super drivers.
2: Right. I think for like a Mark V Supra with the heritage that it has, it definitely doesn't suit it at all.
1: No, it, it, it it's definitely not what the Mark IV was. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's not what enthusiasts yes. were expecting either. Yeah. But right? you know what? We're in 2019, and you have to be modern. What what are they going to just bring up, the, the old 95 Supra again? Here, oh, here you go. We're building a 20-year-old car. Yeah. You know, and yeah, We're going to yeah, sell it sure. to you. Or here's a
0: 3Z, Jay-Z Supra yeah. years ago.
1: Yeah, I don't think Toyota has the even the interest to uh, develop has, something yeah, on their own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind
2: of why they uh, they partner with BMW
1: on this because mm-hmm. they, they don't have to do anything. They and BMW knows what the they're, they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Know? BMW has their M division and everything, and they build a lot of sport. That I think they have a, they have an M version of every single car, they or, a or lot at least of an M package. Yeah. yeah, BMW has two all the way up to seven, seven. So from yeah from two yeah. to yeah. Se- no one to seven they have the one series in europe yep. yeah yeah that's true and uh then they have actually eight series line. as
2: well this is an eight series oh yes the eight series. Yeah.
1: actually the eight series is the new eight series. eight series just came out yeah yeah,
2: mm-hmm. Even bigger. actually talking about performance there's actually uh, a dino run so someone actually put this thing on a dino and actually came out with better numbers than it's actually advertised
0: that's usually like for marketing anyways. They, yeah the mar- like just for marketing they usually um, you know push
1: to show less numbers. So the BMW Z4 mm-hmm. uh, with the same engine makes 380 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Yeah the Supra is making 335, 335. Yeah, I think that's what's marketed at
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the Dylon came back with 339 horsepower. But it came with 427 foot-pounds of torque, hmm. So a lot more than advertised, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what um, helps it accelerate to sixty in about
1: four seconds, I believe. It's purely tuning. It's the the BMW tuning and computer system is very advanced and very right. uh, tuner friendly. Yeah. So, like, if you think mm.
0: about how what to, how Toyota builds her cars yeah. in the last couple of years versus how BMW <laughs> has you know marketed their cars is. Toyota has focused mainly on family vehicles, yeah. right? Where or BMW has pretty much focused on sports cars, mm-hmm. right? Kind of the M package kind of goes with that, right? They have a three yes. series, yeah. You can get an M, M, you know, M package,
1: or whatever it's called, yeah, yeah. right. BMW has their luxury heritage they are a luxury car company Mm -hmm. but the thing is um what buyers want in luxury cars nowadays is is sportiness Mm -hmm. so uh they do a lot of their marketing and if you notice their highest end models fully loaded are actually more sporty than they are luxurious Mm -hmm. if that makes sense that's what i guess the market wants so they're just kind of responding to that if you notice mercedes-benz you would think mercedes-benz is like the most comfortable luxurious things and all their cars are are amg package Mm -hmm. you know um even cadillac has gone completely sporty if you remember the Cadillac of the 90s, it was like big North Star V8, front wheel drive, boxy styling, mm-hmm. oh, super yeah. soft suspension. It was just the ultimate cruiser. Mm-hmm. And I think the last real true luxury car was the Mer- Mercury Grand Marquis. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That was like the true boat. <laughs> yeah. But uh, everything else, like even at, uh, I work for Chrysler, um, the Chrysler 300 comes with paddle shifters. Yeah. The new yeah. ones, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Hemi's. Yeah. Even if, uh 3.6 will come with paddle Padel shifters. Yeah, I think a lot of
2: cars will come with paddle shifters. Yes. Now. Even yeah. if they're
1: not performance cars, no. I guess
2: it kind of adds to the experience yeah. of driving. Yeah.
0: So, I think one of my last questions per se is Z4 or Toyota Supra? Considering they're almost the same prices.
1: I think I, mean, I would take the Supra because... because I do like the styling on the Supra better. Um, I'm not a fan of the Kidney Grill mm-hmm. on BMWs. I, it's not my favorite. Right. Um, and I just think the Supra is cool. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's not the Mark IV. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different car. Right. But it's still cool in its own way. And and you know what? I think with aftermarket support and being able to modify that car, you can do a lot more with the Supra than you would with the uh z4 and i think the supra is still cooler than the z4 within the car community
2: mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree with that i think a lot of people um even though it's a bmw people are still gonna start modifying them
1: yeah yeah,
2: yeah. I, actually in japan someone's already 2j swapped it so yeah I, There's heard
1: that. It. I heard it blew up too yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just putting this out there that was a meme let's be honest yeah, yeah people it's were just expected. like 2jz swap on online right so someone had to do, it. Had to do it but yeah. i think the person
2: who did it they're actually a drifter
0: yeah they so. they used it for professional drifting yeah which if anyone knows anything about drifting their cars break a lot yeah and so
2: it, it's kind of normal for them
0: yeah so like they're, they're literally going to go pick up another 2jz swap it right in the next day it's going to be running again
1: that's yeah. why until now i drove front wheel drive yeah <laughs> yeah do you think people are going to do that over here 2JZ swapped a new Supra. I think a, a bunch of people with too much money on their hands are going to do it.
0: Yeah, I think the same thing. But there's also going to be a lot of people that are actually going to modify them too. Because, yes. again, BMWs are actually very modifiable, right? Yes. And yeah, especially their engines. I think that's the main reason that Toyota went with BMW. They could have went with any other brand. They could have went with Nissan. They could have went with like Ferrari or anything, right? But they chose BMW for a reason. It's because... They have a lot of aftermarket capabilities right you know so there's a reason behind it i think it's good for the aftermarket community and modifying cars
2: yeah i'm excited to see what uh people in the community are going to do to these i think they're set to come out later this year Mm -hmm. if you guys are at cars and coffee today there's actually going to be one there so
1: check that out Mm -hmm. you know what's interesting when i went to the toronto auto show Mm -hmm. uh in february Mm -hmm. The Z4 was there for you to sit in and look at and everything. But the Supra was up in the back of the Toyota booth, uh, surrounded by... Um, yeah, there was like rails around it, right? Yeah, it was yeah. rails, yeah. So you couldn't uh, do anything about it. Yeah, it. yeah, it was interesting how they advertised it there. I actually sat in the, Z, the Z4 and I didn't even know I was in a Z4. I thought it was something else. Because I, uh, I pictured the Z4 being a shorter wheelbase. Right. So when I got into it, I thought it was at, like the new 8 Series convertible or something. And then I ended I was like, oh, that's the Z4. Oh, wait, that's the Supra. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and there wasn't many people gathered around the Z4. Right. Um, right. But at the Super booth, there was... A, yeah, was a but because, people. again,
0: it was the nameplate Supra. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and think- the hype was
1: over the Supra for the... For, for it coming out. You know what I mean? It was not over the Z4. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I like that they kind of maintain the same uh, emblem as the Mark IV Supra and the Mark V. As
1: yeah, well. I think that's cool. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see TRD packages on that car. I really want to see TRD parts. You know, different wheels, uh, skirts, mm-hmm. uh, engine upgrades and stuff like that. I think it'd be cool.
2: Yeah, I think this the, the way it looks stock, it's still pretty
1: stylish. But I think yeah. the, uh, the aftermarket community will definitely find definitely. a way yeah. to, to make a lot better. I want to yeah. see a wing on that car. I, if there's one thing I do want to see on the Supra, it's the it's a wing because that car just mm-hmm. uh, like the Mark IV, the Mark III, they always had like a spoiler, right? And oh, it just yeah. look cool you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i feel like this one they they kind of went with that sort of duckbill rear end because that's a kind of a nice tr- it's trend kind of like a substitute for a wing yeah but i think with this spo- like i think i saw some renders on instagram or facebook with a spoiler on the back and i thought it looked pretty cool i was like wow I really want to see a spoiler but uh manual i want to see a manual transmission in that car
2: yeah i think a lot of people would yeah. like to see that yeah
1: yeah <laughs> And I, th- I think it'll be uh, a lot more positivity around it if mm-hmm. they come out with a manual. Because that's what everyone looks for now. Nobody wants an auto Supra. Everybody wants a, a manual Mark IV uh, turbo, even non-turbo. A lot of people are looking for it. And that's, that's the cream of the crop uh, yeah. left-hand drive. And they're going for a lot of money. The auto ones are just absolute... Garbage, you know, like the I think it's a four speed auto, it's like (laughs) absolute slush box. Yeah, Yeah. Um, they're definitely in high demand. Yeah, they are high demand. They're and you know what, you can find auto ones very, very easily. Manual ones is like
0: it's very rare. Yeah, it's rare.
2: Yeah, so being a huge JDM fan, if I gave you 60k right now, would you buy the new
1: Supra? Um, I wouldn't buy the new Supra and I wouldn't buy the old one either. I there's a lot of other cars that I actually prefer over the Supra. Um,
0: you Not know, just to the Supra. Yeah,
1: you know, like mm-hmm. uh, the the Mark IV is a really good car all around and everything. Um, it gets a lot of hype, um, but there's other cars uh, that are out there that <laughs> give a lot more value for money. I think right now it's it's blown so out of proportion that car that it's it's people are paying ridiculous prices for it. Um, by modern standards, uh, a regular 3 Series will smoke a Supra in a race. An old, a Mark IV Supra in a race. So, yeah. yeah for sure. um, I think if I had 60K, it would not be on a Supra. I'd probably be buying um, an Integra Type R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like
2: those. Mm. Alright, so it's safe to say that we're all excited for the new Supra. To see how the community kind of goes about with it.
0: Especially Modified
2: Yeah, I think that will be very interesting to Mm -hmm. see in the future. So now we're going to move on to some of the meets that are coming up.
0: The first meet that's happening this week is the No Club Season Opener. This is happening on June 8th uh, and June 9th at the Jukasa Motor Speedway. It's a two-day event, uh, something new that No Club is doing this year. And it should be a good turnout.
2: So the next meet that's happening is the PDM Season Opener. This is happening June 9th as well, from 1 to 6 p.m. at the Powered by the Motorsport shop in
0: Concord. For anyone that's been to PDM before, you know they do it pretty good. They usually raise funds for uh, an actual charity, so every everything that you pay to get in, let's say for entry fees, it definitely goes to a good cause.
2: Yeah, I think they also have a barbecue happening, so... If you're free and you're looking for a good show and some barbecue, definitely check it out.
0: The next uh, show that's happening is called Eurocracy. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. It's happening in Quebec. Uh, This includes racing, show and shine, limbo contest, drag, and their infamous burnout pit. There's lots of videos online. You guys can probably just search up in Google. Eurocracy's burnout pit. It's you know world famous. Insane.
2: The highly anticipated event. Especially for that activity
0: Yeah, people come from all the way from like the US and stuff. Uh, you know they have a hotel and everything, so
2: yeah, it's a, re- it's a really big uh, European car show mm-hmm. in Canada.
1: And a lot of people come to go to that car show and they also go uh, do things in, in Montreal, in Montreal like- oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: it's a great uh, city to yes. host.
1: yeah
0: Definitely come out to that. It's definitely a show of the year, especially for Quebec.
2: Yeah, I'm sure most people have already planned to go there, so it should be a great show.
0: All right, so we're going to end it there. Thank you, Ruben, for joining us once again. Oh,
1: no problem. Absolutely no problem. I'm exhausted, and my phone is at 1%. Awesome. Are you stressed? I'm extremely stressed, plus I don't have my new Porsche Boxster. I have my Winterbeater Toyota RAV4, so it's going to be a fun drive home with my four-speed automatic.
2: All right, so I hope you guys like the podcast. Like we said before, if you have any advertising you guys want to do, you want to promote your car meet, your business, your brand, anything like that, hit us up on Instagram, at Northside Whips. Email us at northsidewhips at gmail.com. We'll definitely hook you guys up with that. If you like the podcast, definitely share it with your friends, family, dog, and cat. I'm sure they'll appreciate it just as much as we do.
0: Again, thank you guys for listening to us. And uh, join us again next week on Modified Lifestyle. Okay, it's time for bed.